0: folks, this is Jim. I realize it has been a ridiculous amount of time, but I figured why not record things again just to see if it's possible, I suppose, but thought I would bring some help. And so with me today is Sarah. Hello. Hello. Do you want to tell anyone anything about you as sort of a, a, a reference thingy or for folks who might not be familiar or anything?
1: Sure. I shall we am, just leave it all a mystery? I, you know what? Let's leave it a mystery. No, I I am Sarah, also known as Sarah of Swords on the internet. And I play and stream TTRPGs as well as talk about accessibility issues and et cetera and ableism and whatever and all that jazz on Twitter. And you can usually find me ranting.
0: Yay. <laughs> You rant rather awesomely. And that was one of the reasons <laughs> I wanted to bring you on chat. I think at some point on Twitter a little while back, I was saying, I'm thinking about podcasting again. And then I think you responded with something like, Hey, if you would like help podcasting, let me know. And I was like, Yes, certainly. <laughs> so this is kind of how this is happening. So we're going to be talking about various things. Um, I've got in mind tabletop RPG topics and potential arts topics. And we'll just sort of see how this goes and go from there. The first thing that we're going to talk about is a topic that I brought in about puzzles, mazes, and riddles in tabletop RPGs because I have rather specific, rather strong feelings (laughs) about uh, the use of said things. Before I dive fully into that, uh, do you have any sort of opinions generally about uh, the use of any of those? Do you, in the games that you run, do you use, uh, do you use like puzzles and things like that?
1: I do not because I hate them. (laughs) So that's why I want to talk to you about it. (laughs) (laughs) there is nothing that will get me to Google faster than coming across a puzzle in a game. Like that's not why I play games and et cetera. So I wanted to get your take on why you like them and why you use them because again, I hate puzzles and riddles, so I never put them in my games, but I feel like that's an essential part of TTRPGs that I'm missing. Um, And so I wanted to get your thoughts on the matter and see kind of where the disconnect is in my brain.
0: Ah. There's a lot
1: of disconnects in my brain.
0: (laughs) I think I was going to say, I think I too am uh, relatively disconnected because I like puzzles and riddles and things. I just, the way that I use them, I think is probably not the way most people use them. (laughs) And I also have found that the way that most people use them is not by and large to my liking. Right. So like I've, I've played in games where I've had fun experiences with puzzles. Um, I actually played in a D&D game a little while ago where um, a friend of mine who was running gave us this puzzle with a lot of sort of intricately set up things where they had different sort of shapes of leaves. That we were figuring out, sort of what they what ah. they meant based on this forest we were presented with. And we actually all managed to work on that in character and talk to each other. Wow. And it was very cool. So I, I absolutely think that it's possible to present in-game puzzles in a traditional way and to make it fun. I just think that most games are not like that, those that I have experienced. <laughs> Uh, I feel like the experience that I had with that one in particular was more the exception than the rule because it was actually fun. So and I, I, I'm i going to say right off, um, if, uh, if you're listening to this and you love puzzles and you don't want to hear a bad word spoken about them, I totally get that. I totally respect that. And uh, my, my opinion is not so much about hating puzzles as it is about the way that they're handled. So I sort of have lumped puzzles, riddles, and mazes into kind of a similar category here. The thing about them is, just sort of in general, I'll talk about them in general a little bit first. Okay. All three of them in real life- are typically one-person activities. That's true. You know where you sit down. You sit down. You get a, like a crossword puzzle. You get a word puzzle, or you're trying to answer a riddle. It's just between your brain and whoever's brain gave you the thing, right? Yeah. So I feel like you know the activity of figuring something out that differs from from brain to brain, and. So I feel like when most people present something like a puzzle or a riddle or a maze in an RPG, it is really easy for a majority of the group to be left out. You basically got one or two people working on the puzzle, and then everyone else is just sort of hanging back <laughs> because they're less <laughs> invested. That at least is what I've seen.
1: That's been my experience too.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was, was going to ask how you've seen groups react to things like that.
1: Yeah, I tend to be one of the people who sits this one out, you know, because I understand that my experience and personal opinion of puzzles is not everybody's, and that some people enjoy that. So I just sit back and let, you know, the two people who are invested in it, figure it out. And occasionally, you know, I'll pipe in with something that I think they've missed and whatever, but in, in the majority, I It's just something that I don't enjoy in games, so I tend to be someone that sits it out. And I see that dynamic happen all the time where it's just a few people that are invested in the puzzle and the other people are just sitting this one out because it's functionally puzzles, like you mentioned, are not six-person activities. You know, it would be impossible to get six people to sit down and do the same Sudoku at the same time and have it be anything less than chaos. (laughs)
0: This is one of the reasons why I worry a little bit about going to an escape room. Right. Because I've only done it once. And the one time that I did it, and there were only two other people in it. It was at a con, so it was sort of a budget escape room type deal. And I was just hanging back most of the time while everyone else was sort of figuring things out. And that felt a little bit more interactive to me than when you're doing it, just sort of sitting around a table. Mm -hmm. But it still was sort of, I got a similar vibe to that. I don't know. Have you ever done an
1: escape room? I've been invited and then made up an excuse for why I couldn't go.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. so,
1: <laughs> just to be perfectly honest with you, but you know, I'm a very visual person and sometimes when puzzles are yeah. presented to me in not a visual format, like with TTRPGs where it's all vocal and theater of the mind, I just can't yeah. imagine what they're talking about. I can't, my brain doesn't understand or doesn't, conceptualize what the DM is going on about. And so I feel like I can't contribute or can't grasp it if it's not a visual thing for me.
0: Yeah, I feel like for some gaming styles, it's probably fine. It's just not gaming styles that I tend to encounter Mm -hmm. a lot, especially not these days, because I know that there are some folks who will play the game. Playing it as a game might be more important to than say, like the plot, the story, the role playing. Mm -hmm. just the, the idea that the GM is presenting them with a thing and they figure out the thing, right? Right. It's kind of an old school philosophy. It's not where I, where I typically live, basically, when playing RPGs. So I feel like that's possible. But the thing is, I don't think that's the predominant style nowadays.
1: I don't think so either.
0: I think people are in it more for like the drama and what have you. I think also when people put puzzles into a game, I think they like the idea of it more than the actual thing itself. Right. They're thinking about this drama that it's going to generate, which is more really stuff that they've seen in scripted movies or TV, where like the hero comes across a maze right. and has to find yeah. their way through the maze. And the thing is, I don't think that that works quite as well if you, the player, actually have to solve it. <laughs> I don't think that's the interesting part that they're thinking of. They're thinking of the, the dramatic scene. And kind of my philosophy on it is you can do the dramatic scene. You just don't make the player solve the puzzle. Not in that way. Their character is solving the puzzle. Right. And so that's sort kind of more the approach than I do, uh, because I feel like what the PCs do has to matter. Yep. Just the way that I GM anyway. Like I said, I'm not of the that sort of older school gaming style so much these days, but like the fictional positioning has to change as a result of their interaction with the puzzle or the riddle or the maze. Otherwise, it's just a speed bump.
1: Yep, absolutely.
0: And I feel like it helps in these cases to remember that the PCs are competent. They know what they're doing.
1: Even level one.
0: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) even if they're just in a first level PCs, and say in something in a system that has levels, their experiences are not going to be the same entirely as the player's experiences. And you kind of need to acknowledge that if you want it to come out to be a fun scene, if that's what you're going for. The way that I try to do it, um, so like with, say, riddles, the interesting part, I think, is standing in front of this being, some sort of eldritch being, whatever it is, some folks say like a sphinx or a minotaur or whatever it is, and being asked that riddle. That's where the moment of drama is, right? Yep. Because the question is, like, does the character know the answer to this riddle? If you make the player try to figure it out, that just kills the mood entirely (laughs) as they sit there trying to sort it out.
1: That's interesting, separating the player from the character in that moment, because... The character may, for some reason in their history or their stats, know the answer, but the player is just, like me, bad at riddles and doesn't know the answer off the top of their head or, you know, they feel like they're slowing down the action or something. So what do you do in that instance to solve the, quote, riddle or puzzle?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's basically what I usually do is I like talk it out with the player a little bit, asking, OK, what sort of things would your character know with respect to this kind of riddle and kind of help them out if I think that it's something that they could solve. There might be a role involved of some kind, like try to remember a thing. That can be easily be dramatic if it goes in that direction. If it's something where this riddle has to affect what happens from now on in the game, which you know, it should, then there's going to be a resolution of <laughs> some kind. Either we decide that the, we, both the player and I decide that they don't know the answer, or they're going to come up with something and that's going to be the answer. That's right. basically sort of the way that I do it. I kind of am similar with puzzles.
1: Me too. The one time, the one time I used a puzzle in D&D, I thought that it was super obvious what the solution was, which of course is the downfall of any GM thinking that something's going to be super obvious to their players. And it turned out that the solution that I had in mind was not the direction my players went down at all. And so after a few minutes of understanding and, you know, talking with the players and realizing that they were never going to figure out the solution that I had, I just decided that however they solve it is however they solve it. And we're not gonna be putting puzzles into this game anymore because... I clearly can't design them well or my players and I are on different wavelengths about it. And so it was literally half an hour of me realizing oh crap, my players are not going to figure out how to solve this the way that I had intended and having to rewire my brain to say, however they solve it, if it makes logical sense, however they solve it is however they solve it. And they're getting out of this room no matter what. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I can remember there was a game of Mage that I was running once uh, uh, eons ago. It was uh, Mage the Awakening, I think it was that version of Mage. And it's like they came across this artifact that was being held by the villain that they then had to deal with that he had sort of started off. And it's this cube with all these sort of interlocking things on it. And I had no idea how to solve the cube, right? (laughs) It was just basically a thing where someone picked it up and I started doing some skill tests with them. And it was just basically, it's like, yes, you've heard of this. This is the Armageddon cube.
1: That's not an <laughs> artifact of do me name yeah, anything.
0: Not at all. <laughs> you realize if you don't stop this, it's going to go off. <laughs> and um, so it's like, it, it was a very stressful, very tense scene. This guy was sort of standing there with someone else trying to help sort of figure things out as sort of sitting there. Oh God, okay. What is the thing I know in the lore? And, you know, we made a few little tests that would add more to the fiction about this cube mm-hmm. and things that would build up on it. And then ultimately, I think it's usually like about the third one is when, okay, you turn it, it clicks into place and shuts down. The magical hue goes away from it. It is now dead. And
1: we can all breathe a sigh of relief as the Armageddon cube is turned off. Yeah,
0: exactly. And that was how it worked. It's, I think it's really just a question of leaning into what the characters are good at and want mm-hmm. a chance to be able to do. Or to highlight what the characters are not good at, because sometimes players are interested in exploring that too. You kind of have to figure out which of those is before you present the thing to them. Right. Talking to them helps. Talk to your players. It's a good idea. And so that's kind of how how I do puzzles. Maze is, I think I used to do a thing where I would draw out a maze and I would have them go through and, and they'd get immediately bored. I remember very distinctly uh, years ago, this was another, I used to run a lot of World of Darkness games. It was, this was Changeling, Changeling the Dreaming I had set up. There was this maze of mirrors and then someone immediately said, oh God, okay, I'm just going to start along the left wall and I'm just going to keep turning left until I make it to the end. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is not as exciting for them as I'd hope. <laughs> Let's speed things up a little bit. (laughs) Again, especially with mazes, I think the idea of a maze is better than the reality of a maze. It's like people think about, I'm going to go into the hedge maze and there's going to be a dramatic scene. And what they're thinking about is like the end of The Shining or something. Right. And you can have something like that in an RPG, but don't make them actually figure out the maze.
1: (laughs) I turn left, you run into a wall. I I turn back around and go right at the intersection. Yeah, that's... Not interesting for anyone.
0: Yeah. So there was a thing that I did with the Labyrinth of Crete in one of the games that I ran. This was kind of like the ending thing for it. And what I had realized prior to this is that it's more about how the PCs navigate the maze, not how the players would solve it. Mm-hmm. They got the path through ahead of time. They actually went to a seer and they figured out what the path through the labyrinth was going to be. And we had actually kind of collaboratively built this labyrinth ahead of time. They told me facts about it, and then I took it. And I was like, okay over the next week or so, I'm going to design this labyrinth. They came up with something horrendous too. It was this three-dimensional twisting thing with all these different environments in it on another plane of existence. I was like, okay, here we go. And the interesting thing about that was the environments. It wasn't, you know, do they know the way through? They knew the way through. It's that they were going to come up against challenges as they went from place to place. I had little combat set up and things set up. This was something I was running in Savage Worlds. So there was more frequent combat than in some other games. It's a thing where it's like I would draw out parts of the maze on the grid, and you could see that they're in a maze based on, you know, what the battle map was looking like. But at no point did they actually have to figure out how to get through the maze. There was a time when it was like, okay, you have a choice of going this route or that route. Both will get you to the center. It's just a question of which things you want to have to face. Got it. It seemed to work out pretty well.
1: Yeah. Like I always think about mazes and puzzles and riddles as Something that you have to have figured out ahead of time, or something that the players have to figure out and get all the way through. And it never occurred to me to have just a role or something happen ahead of time where it's a given that the players know how to get through this maze. It's just what choices they make. Do they go path A or do they go path B? Both are going to get you to the end, but both are going to have separate challenges and encounters. So, that maybe informs my next planned dungeon crawl, you know?
0: Awesome, awesome. It's, yeah, I mean, like I said, this, this is stuff that just sort of works for me and the way that I GM. I know everybody's going to be different. I just sort of liked the idea that it's like, even if it's, you know, it's like a character suddenly finds themselves in a maze, how they get through is really more important, how the character gets through. And mm-hmm. so, I'm, I'm still not going to make the player solve the maze. It's going to be like, okay, you're working your way through this maze toward the end, and we don't focus on do you turn right or left. Right
1: brute force is going to solve the maze for that. Yeah, exactly. exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, so those are the only ways that, <laughs> that I can think of that I could put those things into a game and I think have them be interesting because just the traditional route is... Not so much. You want you want something that, like you know, uh, if you're if you're not doing a one-on-one thing, which you know that's totally legitimate. If you're doing a one-on-one game, but if it's if you've got multiple people in your game, you want something that they're all going to be able to engage with in one way or another. So that's what I think, anyway. Did you have any other thoughts about any of these things that you wanted to talk about?
1: No, just sort of to wrap things up. That you know, it's important to make sure, like especially in TTRPGs where you've got a group of four to six people, everybody has to be engage right so you don't want to have something that's going to isolate a a player or a character for an extended period of time while they figure it out and everybody just sits around everybody else just sits around and twiddles their thumbs i think it's a balance between keeping things interesting for everyone or for the majority of everyone and keeping things the plot and the action moving so like anything in rpgs it's a balancing act right
0: yeah very cool yeah no absolutely absolutely All right. Well, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me about this. I really appreciate it. Thank you. If folks want to find you, where should they go?
1: They should go to Twitter and find me at Sarah of Swords. That is Sarah without an H because my parents made a choice when I was born. Yeah. So you can find me at Twitter at Sarah of Swords.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much.